You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Nick, thanks so much for taking the time. Let's start with the big deal that went down today. Marcus Peters just turned 25. He's one of the best corners in all of football. What motivated the Chiefs, do you think, to send him to the Rams? Well, you have to go back to a game they played uh, late in the season when they were against the New York Jets, and he was kicked out of the game. And just looking at his demeanor, body language, and how he handled himself in that particular uh, position, and knowing that uh, this team seems to be going in a totally different direction than we've seen them last year, first uh, trading Alex Smith, the quarterback, to the Washington Redskins, and looking at Peters uh, still on his rookie deal, knowing as though they're going to have to pay him a substantial amount of money. So they were looking to maybe trade trade him, get something for him as the team goes into what I'm calling uh, a rebuild for the Kansas City Chiefs. But if you're the Rams, uh, you're happy about the situation and bringing in a guy like Marcus Peters and knowing as though what he can bring uh, to that defense. And uh, Wade Phillips uh, basically would try to duplicate what he did with the Denver Broncos when they went to the Super Bowl and won it against the Carolina Panthers. They're going to try to duplicate that same blueprint with the Rams. Uh, the Rams definitely turned around last year. Uh, Sean McVay and Jared Goff, but now you add some guys who can make some plays on the outside and allow guys like Robert Quinn and Aaron Donald to get home to the quarterback. Uh, that, that's a great matchup for a great mix, that is, for the, the Rams. Nick, when you think about the National Football League, one thing we know for sure over the years, since we played up until now, the game has evolved. And when you look at excuse me, one second. When you look at how it's it's gone for Lamar Jackson, let's just say when you hear the conversation of he needs to go and play wide receiver, give me your take on hearing that and knowing that his talents compared to the other guys are so much bigger and better uh, to the point where to hear that. What does it do to you? Well, Cordell, you you know this because you know the the term slash was coined uh, because of you. So you, you you've been in the situation and you where uh, Lamar Jackson is right now. It's because of one's athletic ability. You kind of put out in a category of your own. You're not even viewed as being a quarterback. You're just athletic, and because of that athletic ability, it is the mindset that maybe he can't play on the center or maybe he would think to run with the ball first before looking down the field to try to find a receiver. And when I look at some of these other individuals, and I like to listen to different people and they break down of this quarterback class, there's not a lot of conversation about Lamar Jackson. There wasn't a lot coming into uh, this uh, 2017 season as far as being him uh, him being a Heisman Trophy uh, candidate. It was all about Josh Rosen, Josh Josh Allen, and maybe uh, Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold from USC, but Lamar Jackson seemed to be the odd guy out. But when you hear people say that he needs to move to the wide receiver position, it's like, why? No one asked Johnny Manziel to move to a wide receiver position. No one is asking Baker Mayfield, who is 6 feet 216, who is kind of an undersized quarterback, that who he's being compared to a guy like Johnny Manziel. But we're saying and we're hearing that Lamar Jackson – you know, it's kind of too small at 6'3", 205. But Josh Rosen, who's being, you know, rated as the number one quarterback coming out and being the most NFL-ready quarterback, he's 6'3", 210. So he's five pounds heavier than Lamar Jackson. But Lamar Jackson, you don't have to worry about off-the-field issues. And when you listen to some of the scouts and you talk to them, and I've had a chance to talk to a couple of guys, 
you know, the problem with Rosen is, yes, you know, he has the mechanics there. He's played on the center. But the issues, well, they wonder, well, what is his leadership qualities and how he would, you know, get along with his teammates. And the guy likes to party. That's kind of, you know, the red flags on, on uh, Josh Rosen. But to me, with all those things, how can you devalue Lamar Jackson and what he's shown that he can do? We're talking about more than 5,000 yards of, of offense, 27 touchdowns, uh, passing, 10 interceptions, and he's accounted for, I think, I think the number is maybe uh, 9 or maybe even 18 rushing touchdowns. So to me, that's a lot of production that you can get from a rookie quarterback. Well, Nick, to amplify what you're talking about, why don't we be, to use Cordell's word, transparent? Do you think there's a racial component to the Lamar Jackson analysis? You know, I don't want to throw race into the mix because we've seen a lot of uh, change over the years. Like I said, you know, looking at Cordell's career and how he was coined as being slash a do-everything guy, but no one was really looking him at, at, at the quarterback position, I believe from that point things have changed in the NFL where, you know, individuals are not looking saying, okay, uh, where it was quarterback and then black quarterback, now it's just Quarterback, but I still think the skill set and what uh, guys like Lamar Jackson present definitely change how you know we compare him to other quarterbacks. Just take this in mind: uh, no one was really looking at Deshaun Watson as being a top pick, but look what he did when he came into the league, just destroying you know the league with his athleticism and his accuracy and ability to really lead a team. To me, that should be the focal point. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't matter what color the guy is. It's just, can he play the quarterback position? Is he accurate? Can he make the right throws? And quarterbacks, and you know this, Cordell, you make your money based on what you do inside the red zone and third down. So let's start to evaluate quarterbacks in that light. And most importantly, when you get under the big lights, which is in the postseason, if you're lucky to, uh, what do you do when you, when you get in, into that moment in time in the game? Like a Nick Foles even for the sake of conversation. But tell me about about Kirk Cousins. Uh, You're hearing conversations about the $150 bucks guaranteed, and and some are now kind of moving away from it a little bit. But give me your take on how should he get paid, considering we know Aaron Rodgers is up as well as Drew Brees pretty soon. Well, it's all about, you know, having leverage. And right now uh, he's the bell of the ball. And there's several teams out there that are need of quarterbacks. And with the Cleveland Browns having the money that they have at their disposal as far as cap space and the draft choices, so it looks like an ideal landing spot. But if you're Kirk Cousins, you got to think, okay, well, how far away uh, are the Cleveland Browns? And do I want to go there, have a lot of money in my bank account, but it gets cold in Cleveland, and sometimes they lose a lot of games that we've seen over the past two years. Then you have the New York Jets, right? Uh, I don't believe the Jets are going in the direction of Kirk Cousins because Josh McCown is a guy that we saw last season that can actually lead this team. They, just, they were like deficient in a lot of positions. And then there's the Denver Broncos sitting there at $25 million in cap space, and do you sacrifice uh, some guys on your roster for a guy like Kirk Cousins? So I think that the market is going to dry up really quick. So right now it's a race between Cleveland and the New York Jets. If uh, the Cleveland Browns decide not to take him, now you end up going to the New York Jets, but still, will you be able to get the amount of money that you think that you that you deserve? And like you said, you know, you still have Drew Brees who's out there, Aaron Rodgers. So for me, the floor has kind of been set by Jimmy Garoppolo's uh, contract, but I still wouldn't give up that much money for Kirk Cousins at the risk 
of mortgaging the future of my franchise and not being able to sign my draft picks and actually uh, get free agents into the building that can really help the team. Taking you around the league with our good friend Nick Ferguson, the former NFL safety, spent a decade in the league. Let me give you a job you probably don't want. You're running the Cleveland Browns. Here's the good news. You can't lose more games than going 0-16. What would you do with the number one overall pick? For me, I'm going to go defense uh, because what we continue to see, especially if we looked at the Super Bowl, no one played defense. It was, watching, it was like watching a Big 12 game. But so for me, you got Miles Garrett you know, last season. Go out and with those picks and build on your defense. And maybe since, you know, it felt earlier in the season when you tried to get A.J. McCarron, maybe you go and get A.J. McCarron. You know, let's not forget, there's a lot of familiarity with Hugh Jackson and A.J. McCarron. And there's a lot of individuals riding A.J. off as far as his ability as a quarterback. No, he's not at the Drew Brees or Tom Brady status. But can he lead a team that has – Uh, a lot of cash, you can go out and get a lot of free agents to plug a lot of holes, and then you can get some young guys in this year's draft to actually solidify some of those uh, deficiencies at certain positions that that you don't have. So for me, if if I'm running an organization, A.J. McCarron, entice some free agents to come to our team and say, well, we're trying to turn this team in a different direction, and now you can come and join us, and now we have a chance because looking within our division, Joe Flacco isn't the same. Andy Dalton definitely isn't the same. And Big Ben, we have no idea how much longer he's going to be in the league. Is he going to do one more year and he's gone? So this would be a prime time for the Cleveland Browns and A.J. McCarron to kind of make that marriage work and try to put something together in the next couple years. You know, sometimes, Nick, we have a tendency to take a special player and like to spread him out throughout the National Football League all the time, right? And yeah. so, you know, it's like a Sam Darnold. We love to spread him all over the place. Some may say one, but then others come out and say Josh Allen may be the first one. Some say Baker Mayfield. Other, others may come out and say Josh Rosen. But when it comes down to Saquon Barkley, there's only one of him. Uh, and he can actually fall into the Cleveland Browns, the Giants, Indianapolis, uh, even the Denver Broncos or the Jets, because we know Matt Forte is long in the tooth and he may be gone. Where do you see him falling in the top six spots? Well, you know what, Saquon Barkley is an interesting player. Uh, when you look at every player across the board, I don't care what position, he is the most intriguing guy. He's very uh, dynamic. For me, I, as a fan, uh, knowing that uh, Eli only has so much time left and the Giants cannot really move the ball, and Odell was injured last year, but he's a dynamic receiver, I would love to see Saquon in the New York Giants uh, jersey because when you look at the market – and the ability to market him and his brand, that's a great place to be. And then if they can establish any type of run game with him, so you go get Saquon, and then maybe you go get a right guard and a left tackle, now we're talking about a different outlook in that division in the East, and now you start to push the Giants back up there with some of the top teams. But uh, Saquon Barkley, I mean, just uh, a fascinating guy watching him run uh, on the inside and outside, soft hands as a running back, and you talk about the lower body strength. To me, uh, even though he's coming out of college, he, he hasn't put in the work in the NFL. A guy he reminds me of is Le'Veon Bell. He doesn't have Le'Veon's route running ability just yet, but he's that dynamic. You can kind of put him, you know, looking forward as to being a guy that maybe can match Le'Veon's level production on the field. Nick, as always, we appreciate the insights. As we say goodbye, let's wrap it up with a hard-hitting question. Nick Ferguson at the movies. Cordell was raving about Black Panther last Friday. (laughs) Your thoughts? 
Well, you know what? I would concur. It, it, it's fascinating, and there's a reason why it's the number one uh, movie in the world right now. I love what they've done with, you know, with the cast and the storyline. It's something that uh, we can all uh, go to the movies and actually uh, appreciate it. So they did a great job uh, with the movie, and I'm uh, happy and proud of uh, Chad, uh, Chadwick Boseman and his uh, uh, portrayal of uh, T'Challa. So that was awesome. There it is. Nothing That's else it? to say. Or no, you, you, walk you drop the Black mic Panther. and you walk away, Nick Ferguson. <laughs> <laughs> Just say, drop the mic, Cordell. That's it. All right, Nick, yeah, have a good weekend. I, mean, I, I got to be honest <laughs> with you. Um, when having a chance to watch Captain America Civil War, I went back and watched it again just to yeah. follow up on how they actually, and it's amazing how these directors, man, do a phenomenal job, especially when it comes to sequels and trying to draw a connection from Thor having his own movie to even putting it with the Avengers or vice versa. How they have a way of already knowing for sure or the movies already being made you know when it comes down to black panther so what they were doing and obviously the civil war the captain american civil war uh movie to see how they was actually talking about wakanda and all that great stuff and how they were stopping the death from talking about the uranium and and all that great stuff to all of a sudden now you understand it when watching black panther i, I thought they've done a great job and, and marvels to me as opposed to dc movies is so much better. I mean, Marvels have, Marvels have more characters, better characters. You know, Spider-Man, you know, Incredible Hulk. How long has Incredible Hulk's been around? Don't yeah, I'll, I'll, leave you, I'll leave you with this, Cordell. I, de- I definitely concur with what you're saying, agree with what you're saying. But Marvel does a great job of building their characters opposed to what DC is doing. And that's why every movie they, they put out, uh, everyone is rushing to the theater to see it. So I'm a big comic book fan. I've been watching, reading them ever since I was a kid. But by hands down, Marvel trumps DC. Big time. Nick, what are you doing Monday? I'll take the day off. You and Cordell talk movies for three hours. Probably be the best show we've ever had. <laughs> we can talk movies. We can talk comics. I mean, I, I, I definitely uh, love it. And for me, once again, being a comic book fan as a kid, I get a chance to be a kid once again, sitting in a theater next to my kids, watching some characters that I read about when I was a kid growing up in Miami. So it's wonderful for me. So Nick, you're acknowledging you were a nerd when you were a kid. You love the comic books like I did. Yeah. yeah. I, I, listen, B-Web, I'm going to embrace who I am. So well, yes. nerds run the yeah, world, I, Nick. We know that. That's right. I'm a nerd. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's why you went to Georgia Tech <laughs> and I went to Stanford. And clearly, it's changed guys our lives. Was talking football with me and I went to Colorado. Exactly. How are you doing? <laughs> Who's the genius among the three? Oh, Have a lovely to weekend, Nick. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks, guys. Talk to you guys later. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on Tune. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.